0: CineBuds is supported by Associated Bank CineBuds CineBuds Two buddies, buddies Talking about, talking about cinema. cinema This is CineBuds I'm 889's Justin Barry. I'm Milwaukee Films Christopher Pollard And today we are wonderlust Kings King. I stay on the Today, we are talking about movies. Actually, Christopher, do you want to explain it? This is your... This I is your do! <laughs> well,
1: since we're all trapped, all trapped yes. in this cage called life, uh, yep. everyone I know has been talking about how much they would like to go somewhere that's not <laughs> their home. Right. So it does seem to be a, a time where everyone is kind of leaning towards films about exotic places or beautiful places or travel. So we're going to talk about films that incorporate travel as their main theme.
0: Travel inside of your screen. Yeah. So um, in thinking about movies that have... And when you brought this up, I was excited because there are some movies that have... I've got some movies that were filmed in like over a hundred locations. And like, you know, over you know, 30 countries or something like that. And that is really uh, a beautiful thing to experience. What is one of the movies that you... Well, it's like the first movie you thought of when you were like, movies about Wanderlust and Journey.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The um, film that I focused on, it's an Agnes Varda and JR joint. So Agnes Varda, the uh, icon of French cinema who recently passed and Jr. who's this young uh, French street uh, artist. They mm-hmm. collaborated on this documentary where they traveled through the French countryside, meeting mm-hmm. all these people going to these beautiful rural locations and making art yes. based on the people they find there. So uh, it's a film that I absolutely love. It's so original and interesting. Uh, the way it's filmed is very interesting too, but it also, I mean, when you're talking about travel, it's just—it's uh, a place I've never been to. This beautiful, like uh, beachside areas, these rolling that- hills and stone,
0: like stone walls. They're really in the like the countryside. Yeah, for sure. They're in the parts of France that um, are never on film. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a really good one. Faces places. Faces
1: places. Beautiful. So it is. It's a literal journey that they take, and it's right. you get to follow them, and it's beautiful.
0: That's great. I I like that one because it like keys in on one country in particular and shows the parts that haven't been seen of that country. The ones that I thought of are more like expansive. I like immediately I went into like what movies have the most countries in them? What are like shot on the most locations? So Uh those are the ones that I'm going to be talking about in the podcast. And also, I succumbed to the world. I finally watched queen's gambit you Uh-oh. win world it was like you uni- everybody has seen it but me so i was like okay netflix will get you they netflix just will get
1: you. needling you until you do it
0: yeah so i'll talk about that in the podcast too when we get back This year, film lovers with select smart TV devices can experience Milwaukee Film Festival October 15th through October 29th by watching on their home televisions. Info about Associated Bank's Milwaukee Film Checking at AssociatedBank.com. Member FDIC. Okay, and we're back, Christopher. About time. We are talking about movies with... Wunderlust journeys across the world. I know.
1: And let me quickly wrap up about Faces, Places. Oh, yeah, Besides please. the journey and the beautifulness, it is very uh fascinating. The, the way Agnes Varda makes documentaries isn't as typical as you might imagine. So there's some staged bits as well. But it's actually funny. There's a lot of humor in it and a lot of just strange little strangeness, but it's also just this genuine connection to these people that they find. So it's really one of the most unique and lovely movies I've seen in like 20 years. It's one of my favorites.
0: Agnes is one of those directors where it's like the, if you've watched like one Agnes Varda movie, you're like, what was up with that? But the more that you, the more Agnes Varda you watch, the more you understand and, get it and uh, the more it's like every movie is just it's for her you know and you get to know her better I just love we love Agnes
1: for sure she's she's tops
0: she's tops Um, okay so the first movie when you were like let's do something about Wanderlust and seeing the world the first movie that I thought of is one that I watched when I did the when I watched all of the Oscar-winning Best Pictures. Yeah. And it is the winner of the Best Picture for 1957. It is Around the World in 80 Days. Around the World in 80 Days is really kind of like the first big, expansive travelogue movie. It was shot in over 112 locations in 13 countries on 140 sets. It's like truly ambitious. I was reading about the production and the, like the the producer had like never produced a movie before. It sounded like these people like putting together a movie and they're like, "Hey, someone's like, "I, you know, I want to I want to I want to produce a movie. And they were like, it's going to cost a lot of money. And he was just like, okay, how much will it cost? And they were just like, kept on like raising the price and raising them, like doing different locations because it is just like, (laughs) it was the first like incredibly ambitious film. And that's kind of like the whole purpose of the movie. I mean, it's based on, uh Jules Verne's 1873 novel Around the World in 80 Days. I mean it's literally to go around the world. Yeah. And uh, the thing that I really like about it is that it's it's before the world was flat. It was before travel was easy in any means. And so you see they like they actually go to 13 different countries. England, India, Pakistan, Spain, Thailand, Japan. The story eh. <laughs> did I hear you? Did I hear you say it was before the world was flat? Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's like before you could go place
0: easy. You know?
1: You <laughs> know, it's. Fun. I know. I now know that that is a phrase. You, think was, you thought uh, I was a
0: flat earther. There was a I... lovely
1: moment where I thought he's a flat earther, <laughs> and he oh just told everybody.
0: <laughs> he just doxed himself. He's just a flat earth theorist. I've got
1: to come up with a plan B. I got to get out of this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, you yeah. know, it's like, <laughs> it, yeah. it is it, it is when like right. um, cultures were like, regional culture was more pronounced. Yeah. Now it's like you go to a city and, uh, I mean, nothing against cities around the world, but like a city is a city is a city. And it's like individual and unique culture is more difficult to come by. And so seeing like Thailand in 1950 yeah. is... A completely and distinct different culture. And going on this like tour. There's like have you seen it? You haven't seen it, K Polly. I think we talked I about have this. seen uh, embarrassingly, I have <laughs> seen the uh <laughs> Jackie Chan version. <laughs> the Jackie Chan version.
1: <laughs> uh, by sort of by accident. Um, but and I was like, Oh, this is this is not this is probably not as good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Uh but yeah, I believe they did not travel to hundred and thirty countries to film that one.
0: Right, a hundred and thirty <laughs> green screens. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but there, there's like a scene in Spain, and they, they just like, and that's kind of that's like the beauty of the movie. It's like oh, crushingly long. Yeah, I mean, but that but that is like each time they like go to a country and they there's like big like helicopter shots of yeah. them like going to the country and stuff like that, and then um and then they just like spend fifteen minutes doing whatever it is, you know right just spending time that in spain they just like there's they have jose greco who is like a a a great you know flamenco musician oh yeah and yeah and uh and also just like so chock full of cameos i mean it's like that's true yeah it's like i i don't know them all because they're like 1950s cameos you know (laughs) it's like it's like uh it, it like would have been a moment if you you know were perverse in 1950s pop culture. Yeah, but um, some of those stars have faded quite a bit.
1: I look forward to watching it because I feel like that's 50s and 60s is a a decent comfort zone. I've seen a lot from that era. Yeah, it's in color. Uh, so. So I'm hoping that I've uh, uh, not because I'm old. Uh, that's before <laughs> my time, which, for the record, but I'm yeah. I'm, I'm I like it when I can recognize it's kind of like when you're watching like a british film and they have a very british celebrity come on you're like oh yeah i know that guy and no one else does i kind of feel like in on it
0: yeah yeah yeah. there's a bunch of those
1: yeah and i'm doing a thing where i'm trying to uh watch my cue in order regardless of my mood wow which is not gonna work it's let's just face it that's that's never gonna work that's a
0: project i would do
1: (laughs) (laughs) however uh i just Around the World in Eighty Days is uh, number three, so I've got two more movies before I get to it.
0: Okay, yeah. Um, so, Around the World in Eighty Days, the nineteen fifty seven version. I haven't seen the Jackie the Jackie Chan version. Oh, is, is it worth seeing? That- no, of course <laughs>
1: not. I mean, God bless. I love Jackie Chan and I love Steve yeah. Coogan very much. I am about to talk about him again, but hmm. uh, and it's you know what, I, my my uh, energy behind saying no is unwarranted. It's perfectly fine it's okay. not it's not terrible it's just just it, remaking that movie and not doing what they did is silly
0: <laughs> yeah well i heard you mention steve coogan yeah. so i have an idea of what you're yeah. going to talk about I think which is do. exciting but let's do it uh,
1: i'd like to recommend for my uh, one of my wanderlust films is all the trip movies
0: all i was like you started all, and I was like, oh, I thought he was going to talk about the trip. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all, all in the
1: family. The TV yeah, right.
0: with Steve Coogan remake. Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Every one of the trip movies, and I genuinely like them as a whole. So if you're not familiar, uh, Steve Coogan plays himself, but a mildly fictional version of himself. Uh, him and Rob Bryden, another British comedian. Uh, the story is that they get tapped by a... Uh, a magazine to do a travel, this travel log. So they get paid to go travel through, uh, lo- through uh, England and eat at these beautiful restaurants and see these beautiful locations, and then they write about it. Uh, but what we see is just them traveling together, being friends that kind of annoy each other and kind of enjoy each other and uh, all all the things they talk about it's just two british comedians talking to each other it's not a documentary it's an improvised film essentially by michael winterbottom
0: sometimes i feel like i like it and sometimes i don't i That's feel like a- it has it has bits of that that i it, there's there's a bit of the trip that is like two guys who are like our conversations are so funny would like we should get a camera crew to like film us yeah. talk because we're so funny. And that then perfect
1: observation. Okay, go ahead, because that's a great observation
0: and then sometimes sometimes they're sometimes it just feels like there's a, a, a an awareness of the pressure that they like have to be funny or something like that, yeah. and then there's a bit of a like a performative bit where they're like trying to do bits, yeah, where it's like the, the those things like comedians and cars getting coffee and stuff like that like those work best when it's like it feels like the camera fades away, and they're really just like in in their own heads and like really talking about what's on their mind sometimes it's a bit too aware of the camera for me
1: but here's the thing that so this series of films it's not a mockumentary so they they are not aware of the cameras the characters i'm saying are not aware of the cameras and that even though they play themselves they're not it's not oh this is just just go and do what you want they've established a character version of themselves yeah yeah and so they're there. The film is not um, a thing where they acknowledge they know cameras are there. There are no cameras there as far as the characters are concerned, like any fiction film. So yeah. they're going. And what I like about that, and I, th- you're right. There's moments where I'm like, yeah, you did this in the last movie is what I, <laughs> once I realized this is exactly what it would be if two comedians. That's true. That's true. Were together and they're friends and they have the same old things they bicker about. They have the same old bits they try to the one bits. up each other. Cause yeah, like yeah, when yeah, you're yeah, with yeah. your friends there's like things like inside jokes that you Oh, repeat. you return to the bit. Yeah, you repeat that's, over and that's over. one of the
0: great things about being a friend with someone is yeah. you remember the bits. I know. And I
1: once I once I realized that and kind of connected, I was like, this is like the best version of that because you're seeing two expert comedians and impressionists. They're very funny. They right. do impressions. And it becomes so natural. And it's I find it a very interesting piece of filmmaking in that way and storytelling. Mm-hmm. So the repetition stops bothering me once I'm like, Oh, here they go again. Cause that's what, what they would do. Wouldn't they? But there's enough freshness in them and different little storylines that kind of happen in each film that make it, uh, that make it fresher than just you and your dummy friends sitting around uh, <laughs> doing, okay. uh, doing Borat over and over again. Um, so <laughs> that plus the fact that they travel to in each film, it's like, England, Spain, Italy, and Greece. So yeah. you're seeing stunning, stunning countries and different little towns and landmarks, but then also amazing food. Like food is a key element of these films too because they go to these restaurants and you watch the chefs, actual restaurants, making actual their actual food. Yeah. So if you like food, those food travel shows, this is like a funny version of those. Yeah. Huge fan. Yeah.
0: The trip, all the trip, the trip, the trip to Spain, trip to Italy, the trip to Greece. So the other one that came to mind immediately when you were talking about wanderlust, and yeah. you were, you were like wanderlust and journeys, and yeah. I was like one movie that combines both of those. I, I know that you're uh, you're a bit iffy on Wes Anderson, but um,
1: let me just quickly clear the record. I love Wes Anderson. There was a couple that I didn't care for. Okay. I, that's fine. I, and I, I understand. I, wanna, not I, I don't want to be a I don't want to be a uh, a Wes Anderson denier.
0: Okay, I remember <laughs> the first the first Wes Anderson movie that I saw in the theater. Yeah, I, I saw it. It was also the first movie that I saw at the Oriental Theater. Yeah, um, was the Darjeeling Limited. Oh, that's interesting. And what a perfect movie to see at the orient the, yeah. the first Oriental yeah. theater movie. Um, and I, D G, is that a one that you that you liked or not? I did like that one, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that movie really, like, captures Wanderlust yeah. and Journey. Three, three brothers, Jason Schwartzman, Owen Wilson, and Adrian Brody, they're all, like, different in their own way. And also, like, I have a twin brother, so I, like, have a soft spot for the movie is about the brother relationship and they travel on a train through India and they go, their mom is Angelica Houston. And uh, it's so it's, it's beautiful. And it also like the whole, like so much of the movie is about like the Indian countryside and actually traveling and the experience of traveling with somebody yeah, and how that can, you know, no, no matter where you go and what you do, it's about who you're with and, the like the relationship that is going on while you're there. So I think that's a great one. When I think of Wonderlust, I think of Darjeeling Limited. And also, earlier this year I watched um Sajit's Rays Nayak the Hero. Yeah. Have you seen that? I have um, not. And that movie is is from 1966 and it's about this guy going he's in a in a train going through India. And it's like so many of the shots are the same. It's like it it could be the same train for all we know. You know, it is like the the similarities are so great. Oh, and so yeah. Darjeeling Limited and Nayak, the Hero by CG Ray, those are I, those are great Wonder movies for sure. Oh, that's great.
1: Yeah, I think it's just it's so nice watching these films and just uh, kind of like logging. Okay, got to go there. I want to go there. Yeah, there's there's um. A lot of westerns that are set in Utah because of the landscape there, mm-hmm. and I went to Utah like almost two years ago, a couple of years ago, and I'm desperate to go back. Um, Utah, and, it's not. Yeah.
0: I feel like it's not the 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 number one thing I hear when people go to Utah is what I can't wait to go back. Oh,
1: <laughs> well, I'm not talking about like the city. I'm talking about like. Uh, um, uh, arches Driving State park yeah no, i'm talking about the beautiful unbelievable national parks they have there with like yeah. these huge stone like sculptures essentially i went there and it's a place i never thought i would be interested in it's hot and i have to walk a lot and i'm like that sounds awful it was probably the best vacation i've ever taken wow and so we've been talking about how badly we, when everything kind of is safer again mm-hmm. how much i want to go back there and it is nice to go back and realize that all of these Westerns are set there and <laughs> just looking at like, Oh yeah, I bet I was there. They all, you know, a lot of it looks similar. Uh, 127 hours, not a travel film. In, in fact, quite stationary. Um, <laughs> yeah. However, it is so nice to see all these like stone little bits and nooks and, uh, interesting desert locations. Um, that's a very more, a more modern, like, uh, R- rural utah yeah anyway yeah that's another those are other ones that i've look. i look at and i was like oh just that makes me want to oh, go yes. back there
0: also my my dad lived in utah for a while so i'm not hating on oh, yeah. utah yeah, we yeah, love yeah. utah yeah um also as we're we're wrapping up wanderlust yeah the the other the other couple moves i thought i thought of just like quick hits here um the fall you've seen the fall
1: oh the the wait there's two ver- two movies this is the the tar sam one tar yes where the the kid tells a story
0: yes yes he, he tells a story to the kid it's like one of my yep. favorite movies of all time is, it's like that is it, a wonderful movie shot in 28 countries is they it i said, didn't know that 28 countries they said that they did no um like post-production on that they, they said it was all real though i'm it just seems impossible. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that was shot in 28 countries. I was thinking of Swiss Army Man. That that was a Swiss Army Man. was like a journey, you know, that's
1: true through a through a, a seeming jungle
0: <laughs> through a seeming jungle with a lot of farts. We love, yeah, we farts. love some good fart jokes and um, all of Werner Herzog.
1: Yeah, that's true. Werner Herzog Every takes Werner. you to a lot of locations. Yeah. Also, I don't. This I feel like this movie gets flack now, but at the time was like lauded. But Sean Penn's movie Into the Wild from
0: 2007 mm, uh, I is, never saw that.
1: It, I mean, it is actually about a about a, a young man who just it's wants to book. just to disappear.
0: Right, and,
1: right. Uh, I really like that movie. Actually, I think Sean is a Sean Penn is. A, I call him Sean. Sean. I, <laughs> okay. I think Sean is actually a really great director. <laughs> <laughs> really great director and has made some, he's only made a handful of films, but they've all been pretty solid. Um, hmm. But uh yeah, I thought that movie was really good. I mean, it's a tragic movie, but you see this kid who's just kind of fed up with uh daily life kind of things and
0: sets out. I remember reading the book in high school at yeah. my most susceptible and thinking, oh, sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about this.
1: Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. it didn't. It didn't uh, convince you to set out on
0: your own journey. It, it did absolutely not. <laughs> I, I was over it. uh But yeah, but, I, so I, I didn't haven't
1: seen it. it in a while. But I remember really liking that film, and it's definitely Wanderlust.
0: All right, Wanderlust, get out uh, there. Yeah, in your TV screen. And I
1: would suggest this would be a fun. Uh, assignment is think of a place that you would look forward to visiting and really want to go when you can. And then just Google movies set in that place. Oh, that's what I always do. I did that a couple of times and then I was like, Oh, I found some really cool movies with beautiful landscapes. And Oh yeah. yeah.
0: Whenever I go somewhere, I always watch, I always look if Anthony Bourdain has been there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll watch that episode and then other movies like set there or. That's a good idea. Okay, Wonderlust. last, kings. Okay, Polly.
1: Yes, I know what you're gonna ask. What else you been watching? Well, let's see. Yeah, um, I watched a bunch of things this week. Yeah, great. Uh, I- ditto. That's so funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I watched. Um, there's a there's an author I really like named Steve Erickson, and he makes these very strange books uh, that I like. And one of his more recent books was called Zeroville and it was, it was connected to like old Hollywood and new Hollywood and like seventies, but also Mm. references like the fifties. But it's this really fun story about this strange guy who kind of gets caught up in the movie business and Mm. James Franco, who is now sort of the ruiner of everything I love. Yeah. Right. Uh, he bought the rights and he made the movie version of it, which I was both disgusted by and excited by. Sure. I knew it got bad reviews and I watched it. And yeah, it's not good. <laughs> it, was inter- it was interesting choices. He chose a lot of comedians to play these roles. Mm. Um, like like Horatio Sands plays uh, Francis Ford Coppola, which is very strange. Yeah. Um, but it's not necessarily a comedy. So I was like, why is that? I don't know. So that one was not my favorite, but it was interesting. I always like to see adaptations of books I really love. Even if they're bad, just coming. Kind of yeah, out of me curiosity. too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I
0: Which, tried this week. I, yeah. I was like, I really, you know, I really tried. I even watched some classic. I watched Black Orpheus.
1: Yeah, Did have you seen that? It? No,
0: it's in my list. It was like a classic. It was like it was beautiful. It was yeah. it was like one of those that it's like 1950s Brazil shot yeah. at like Carnival, and I love the. I think maybe I just love the Orpheus story too much. Yeah. Like. That like Orpheus is just like my one of my absolute favorite like Greek characters, and I feel like there's not enough like things that use Orpheus. But maybe my expectations were too high. But like there wasn't like really a whole lot that went on there aside from it being beautiful. I watched a movie called The Foul King.
1: I also I started watching that and I haven't finished it yet. But they have so many uh, Korean. South Korean films on there, and I want to get through as many of them as I can.
0: Well, well Cr- Criterion does a really great job of like curating the collection, and then you, the best part of this is they have like new Korean cinema, and I'm like, okay, I like that this is a collection. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about it. I know Bong Joon-ho and a couple, I know like a couple of the directors. Yeah, um, I know some of the names of the movies, but I'm like, I don't know what to watch. And then, and then they have, Criterion's just so good at the, like, special features. And they had 10 minutes of this one guy, just like, and he was an expert in new Korean cinema. And he did such a great job of explaining what happened, of explaining that censorship in, in South Korea Um, all these movies were censored, but they needed to screen like a certain percentage of the movies. But people were making movies and they just all were getting censored and so they were all terrible and they were also like allowed to bring in Western movies. And so they played all these Western movies and then they were, they had to play these um, these South Korean movies, but they sucked compared to the Western movies. So, So South Koreans basically just kind of stopped making movies and they went down because they sucked. And then the South Korean government was like, well, this, we want to be in the game. And so then they lifted all of oh yeah, all the restrictions that they had in like the mid nineties. And they actually they made a rule that, that you can't restrict art and that you you can't have any censorship on movies and in the in the mid-90s, and that's what started this little renaissance. And then he explained it, this guy, it was like I want an hour on this guy yeah, who, was, right. who was talking about it. He was so informative. He was he was so well spoken. He was obviously an expert in all these things, and he did such a good job of making me understand what new Korean cinema was and and it made sense because he talked about like Bong Joon Ho and I remember you remember watching Parasite and I I remember talking and being like it was funny. It was like kind of a comedy. It was kind of a slasher. It was yeah, kind yeah. of uh you know a suspense Mysteries movie. Really, yeah, and he and he talks about this guy was talking about it, and he was like yeah like that's the South Koreans like they're he was like the the cinema is really inter genre like the, yeah. sometimes they're like really um, fixed on on a style or like on a genre, but they will all like, they all kind of like blend within the genre and that, I mean, he just like really made me yeah. understand. And you do
1: it. notice that I, you d- especially after parasite and everyone actually started talking about parasite and talking about that, then thinking about the other movies that I've seen from South Korea, then I'm like, Oh yeah, they like a comedy will switch and become, yeah. cause I remember seeing a film and I can't remember which one, but I remember having this conversation saying it was like a gritty, crime drama and then hard switch to a comedy (laughs) in like the last 40 minutes. And I was like, I kind of liked it though. Like usually that is a thing you don't do. Filmmakers are told not to do, but sometimes you can do that. uh, Interestingly. And I, it it was great. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. that that, That channel has so much great information.
0: Yes. Falking I didn't love. It, it like it can also be like hit or miss for an audience like us who are expecting a certain thing. And it's like the switching can kind of be like I, I, we're just not sure. used to it. Yeah. So so you know so that was just okay. I watched I knew her well, which was like 1960s Italian uh, art house that yeah. I thought was beautiful but like wasn't particular moved by either. So I tried a bunch of things. I did watch I talked at the beginning. Um, I did watch Queen's Gambit. I, yeah, I'm right. on I'm on episode four. I am I feel like I'm so late to the game and everyone loves it. Yeah. And everyone and like I haven't heard a single person say something bad and I was like so just like ready to be like everyone like this is so overrated because it couldn't be more highly rated. Everyone is talking about it. Yeah. And uh, I watched it and I was like, Yeah, this is compelling. This is very good. Everyone is right. <laughs> like it's a it's a very good thing to watch right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Very boring take on a thing that everyone agrees with. I was ready for you to say, yeah, it's
1: good. You're right, but I still don't care.
0: <laughs> no, I'm still I'm hooked. It's
1: very well, good. Well, that's good. I I will say I was looking back to try to find because you're right, I've gone through a bunch of stuff old and new and haven't really lo- loved much this week. But uh, like a week or two ago, I did watch another adaptation of a book I read called The Mustache, which is a French book, uh, mm. a French author. Um, and I realized that they had made a film of it, which I could not imagine because I read the book. And it's one of those books like, what What do you film? Um, <laughs> the concept is great. It's genuine. It, the first scene is about a guy, a couple, and a, the man has a mustache and he asks his wife if he would if he should shave it off and then when she's not looking he does shave it off just to kind of surprise her but she never mentions it and that that begins this entire mind game in his head of is she messing with me by not acknowledging it do i nah. have a did i ever have a
0: mustache and then she the thinks, existentialism of the mustache. This is like the most French thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> you have no life. idea.
1: You have no <laughs> idea. And then it's a mind, it's like, is she crazy or is he crazy? Oh and if my she, God. And if, if he's, if he's not crazy, that means that she's created this entire elaborate ruse around not acknowledging that he ever had a mustache. Oh and God, in the book, funny. it ends horrifically. <laughs> <And> she, <laughs> is fine it was like decent but the ending is amazing because you just don't expect it and then the film the film did not have that horrific ending Uh, so that was a little disappointing I was like that's actually a pretty good movie a strange psychological thriller based on just whether or not I had a mustache is fascinating
0: so French I love it
1: yeah but I I I yeah, I think that's a solid movie
0: okay movies movies also, I just wanted to shamelessly plug k Polly's Etsy store. Uh, <gasps> Please holidays, do. holidays are coming up. I just bought something for my brother on the Etsy store. I was just about to say what it is. There's no way he's listening to this. I bought a uh, Spike Lee <laughs> oh, <knee> poster. <laughs>
1: <yeah>. <laughs> that's, that's
0: awesome and sad
1: that he's no way <laughs> he's listening to this. But I get it.
0: Put some I brothers get- on the wall.
1: Yeah, that's what they say in that film, and that's correct. And now you can. Yes. That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. So there's stuff for music lovers, movie lovers, and book lovers on there.
0: It's all like sometimes I'm just like, K Poly is in my brain. It's all <laughs> it's all like the, the stuff that you know that I really have a special fondness for Werner Herzog, Spike Lee, yeah. Agnes Varda. Right. It's like you just I did. I did the,
1: the, um, Werner Herzog drawing that I did was inspired by our podcast. When we talked about, uh, Nomad, his film, I was like, I should draw him. He's such an interesting
0: character. Yeah. But Yeah. Please check it out. Yeah. Check it out. All right. That's it. Wonderlust. This is Cinebuds. Cinebuds is edited by DJ Kenny Perez. Thank Woo! you, Kenny. Um, uh, our we get handcrafted Sonic Inspiration from the License Lab. I assume preparing. they're handcrafted by little elves. Is it too early to talk about cripples? Okay. No, it is not. <laughs> um, oh, I was going to say... That's I was there was like a minute where I was trying to remember a thought that I had. I was like, we talked about Wonderlust and we're about to go into Thanksgiving and we didn't even talk about the greatest Wonderlust Thanksgiving movie of all time Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. The only movie that oh, matters.
1: Oh wow. That is kind of dead on, yeah. Wow. Hitting it right here. Will is definitely like a watch a little watch Easter it. egg a you listen yeah. to
0: the end. bit <laughs> yes. Our theme song is from a musician Brett of and uh, thank you to our uh, Associated Bank. Thank you, Associated oh, Bank. Thank our you, bank. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you to our members from 889 Marine, Milwaukee yes, and Milwaukee. Special, film.
1: special people.
0: And thank you for creating art. Oh, who Christopher are you about?
1: Pollard, what? artiste. Are you talking about Christopher C- Pollard? Who, if you Google K uh, uh and Etsy, that you might find
0: his store. That guy. That's the guy I'm talking about.
1: Oh, okay. You're welcome.
0: All right. Bye. Bye.